heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them, from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen to the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. The doctor saving lives at your local hospital. The war veteran down the street who risked his lives for our freedom. The police officers and firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur. The creator. The producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. And I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks of the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello, and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews, your host, and I am on the line with Kaylin Boyd. Kaylin, are you there? Hi, yes, I am. Awesome. So glad to have you here, Kaylin. Um, and what I want to do real quick is do a quick inter introduction for you, and then we'll get into your story and start talking about it. Um, Kaylin is a fantasy author. She was born in the Midwest and raised on a strict diet of daydreams, myth, and magic, which I totally love. She has a self-published and illustrated book of prose called The Mountain, and Tell City is your debut novel. If you want to learn more about that, you can visit her on Instagram, Patreon, and YouTube. We'll talk more about how you can find that out later. So to get started, Kaylin, let's talk about your business now. What is it that you're known for? Why do people come to you? Um, what is your, your primary product or service? Well, right now, my primary product is uh, Tell City. It is my debut novel. It is uh, adult fantasy. And um, yeah, so then we also have The Mountain, which was an illustrated work of prose, but currently we're working on getting that republished at the moment, which is why Tell City is our, my main focus. And what is uh, Tell City about? So Tell City is the story of a young man whose prophetic dreams sweep him up into a battle against gods for the last remaining oracle on earth. Interesting. So my question for you um, is how has being an entrepreneur as an author been? Like I, I assume you mentioned this is a fairly new thing in your life um, where you're, you're running a... Um, I guess the income generation for your life as an author, has that been a, an interesting, fun journey? Uh, it's definitely been interesting and it's been fun. There are different avenues authors can take to get published. There's the traditional way, which you go through an agent and then a traditional publishing house. But with the way that the internet has transformed publishing, uh, so many more people are going to self-publishing because you can actually make more per book by doing that. So a lot of uh, people are going that way, even though this way there's a little bit more work involved. You have to be your own publicist and marketer and uh, your, your own uh, So. Um, the, and one of the other ways that people do is they'll, they'll do uh, the self-publish as a route to drive leads for their business as well. So um, there's lots of different ways you can, you can uh, approach being an author. So my curiosity for you is what made you want to do this? What made you want to take the transition from whatever you were doing before into being a self-published author and trying to uh, drive revenue and drive sales with stories? Right? Um, we call it our, you know, it, you, we mentioned already the, uh, the hero's journey. 
right? The origin story, right? Where, where did you start? Where did you start to realize that maybe this is what you wanted to do? You wanted to make this change in your life? Um, well, I, starting with self-publishing, I already had the finished manuscript and I already had it edited by a professional editor. Um, so then I was trying to get traditionally published and part of the hero's journey, you know, you have your, your road of trials, right? And yeah. so, you know, part of that is you're getting rejection after rejection from literary agents who just have a swarm of queries coming in on a daily basis. I think most literary agents get like 100 queries a day, something like that. And yeah. so there's just so much competition. And if you go into self-publishing, you eliminate that competition. So that was just kind of like, um, you know, that, that was kind of my portal into trying a different avenue. My friends were telling me that, uh, it's like, well, you already have the manuscript and your best friend is a book cover designer. And why not self-publish? And I got thinking about it. It's like, yeah, I can. So it was just kind of this, you know, epiphany that I had an avenue to still get my work out there and still get it published. And uh, I had the capacity to do it myself. So why not? So how has the uh, journey been so far? Have you been successfully selling the books? Have you been building an audience of people? Like how how's that been going since you got started? Well, I actually recently stepped down from my 50 hour a week management job so I could spend more time working on this because being a self-published author is, definitely like a full-time job in and of itself. So you do a lot of marketing online. So I'm using Instagram, YouTube, Patreon. Um, and it's all about outreach and connecting to the community. And also I've been trying to do a lot, several more live events. I'm trying to do a live event each month. So again, you can get that person-to-person -person interaction because that's what really seems to boost my book sales. You'll have a few... Uh, leads online, uh, but it's when you actually connect with people one-on-one -on -one that they, they really connect with you and connect with the idea of the story. So I've been doing live readings, and then I also was at the state fair this month, and that's what's really driving my sales right now, is being out there in the community and talking with people. Being a good literary getting, uh, getting sort of like a, a groundswell of audience to actually to read your book and build it up. So how do, how do you think those efforts are going to play into, say, the next story that you put together? Um, are you gonna have to go back to ground zero or you have buy-in from an existing audience? Oh yeah, you totally have the buy-in from the existing audience. Um, I have so many people that just keep asking me, hey, when's your next book, when's your next book? Because they read the first one and loved it. And so because of that, they have that connection with me personally one-on-one, -on -one, I get messages all the time asking, you know, when it's coming out, how far along I am, or if I have anything else that they can, uh, that they can go read or watch. So a lot of my YouTube followers and people I get on Twitter are people that I have met actually, you know, being out there and in public space, selling and talking to customers. Have you been uh, doing any sort of teasers and whatnot for your next book? No, not yet. I'm, uh, I'm only on the first draft. So when I started to get it a little bit more polished, I'm almost done with the first draft. I have about 50 more pages left to write. So once I get that done and polish it up, then I'm going to start sending out some tweet, uh, teasers. I might have one or two on Instagram, but I'm, I'm trying to keep it low key until, you know, I get it mostly done. 
people are yeah. still kind of on the hype of the first book and I don't want to take that away from them too soon. That makes sense. So tell me a little bit about um, your superpowers, right? What is it that you do or build that really helps solve problems for people? Like if you had to say, you know, this is my superpower when it comes to my publishing business, what would you, what would you say that is? Um, well, I think it has to do with the writing. Just going out there and connecting to people when you're a writer is great, but you also have to connect with them through, through your story because your story is your brand and it's your, you know, it's your mission statement too. And my story is fantasy. One of the things that I focus really hard on, or maybe, maybe I don't focus on it, but it's just a passion of mine is the, the symbolism in fantasy. Uh, fantasy yeah. as escapism and as a story, there's, there's connection to real life. So I think it was Neil Gaiman who said that uh, fantasy is, you know, tells true lies. <laughs> and yeah. what it does is it allows you to work through stuff that actually happens in your daily life uh, that happens all the time in reality. But through the lens of fantasy, it, it softens the blow. And it allows you to see it from a new angle. So the symbolism of fantasy and in the hero story allows them to examine their life, again, just with a different lens. That's why stories are so important to people. And so that's what yeah. I try to show in my, in my books, in my stories. Yeah, I used to tell people that uh, reading fantasy and reading uh, um, fiction was, um, it's a great way to have experiences that you would never get to have in real life um, and actually develop your own character because of those experiences. I didn't realize like looking back on your life, the fantasy and the fiction that I read as a child, how much the decisions that the characters that I was in love with made impacted the type of person that I became. Right? And yeah, it's a, it's a really powerful part of who we are is being able to build and exchange stories. Um, I tell people on this show all the time that we're a story-born people. I think that extends into, into fiction as well um, and how, how it, um, it helps develop our character. Definitely. I can't remember who it was who said this, but uh, you know, a man who doesn't read lives one life and the man who reads lives you know, multiple thousands of lives. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Right, and where else are you going to go to uh, to fight dragons or fly in space, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and because you're living through you know other people's lives in this you know fiction or fantasy world, you're you're building empathy and you're you're learning from it. So if you ever do stumble upon something like that in reality, you're like, I've been here before, even though you haven't, but it's been introduced to you through this yeah. fictional world. And I think one of the uh, the one of the things that's really key is like most of my audience is, uh, is entrepreneurs, right? And one of the key things that entrepreneur needs to know how to do is how to sell the story of whatever it is that they do, right? The service or the products they have, but it has to have a story that goes along with it and realize that generally speaking, their customer is the one who's on the hero's journey, right? They're on their own hero's journey and they, as the product or service provider are the uh you know the gandalf right the uh, the one who comes by and supports the character on their journey and when you read stories and you get into them and you see how the common themes are right how the hero's journey works itself out and how your clients and when you sort of start to make those parallels you get you get the uh experience of learning how to master storytelling from reading stories um 
So anyways, I think it's, a, it's an important skill. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about your fatal flaw, right? Superman has his kryptonite. Batman is not even a, you know, a superhero, right? He's just super smart. Um, if you had to say you had a fatal flaw that's been holding you back in your business, either making more sales or getting more of your books written and out there, what would you say that is and how have you been working to overcome that for people who might be in similar situations? Yeah, so I would have to say um, my fatal flaw is also well, one of my superpowers, which uh, anything I set my mind to, I can, I can do. Like the moment I decide I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. So also in the same frame, if I uh, have if I have it set in my mind that I can't do something, then that definitely limits me. So I'm always going back and checking through my mindset and being like, is this correct? Am I, am I thinking about this the right way? Because if, you know, if I'm in a state of mind that says that I can't do it, then I'm not going to be able to. So I'm always double checking my thought process to make sure that, you know, to check to see if it is something I can do. And if it is within my craft. So when I was in the mindset of getting traditionally published, that was 100% the way I had to go. Like I wasn't going to deviate from it. It was happening. And then I had my friends who were talking to me about self-publishing and, and why don't you do that? And I really had to step back from myself and say, why am I not doing this? Because this is a good avenue. It has, you know, more, more margin on my books. And uh, I would have more control over the process. So I had to step back out of that mindset and really rethink so that I could continue forward. So do you have any tips for someone who might be getting held back by their mindset, um, how they can examine that and change that? Like what was sort of the, uh, the, the catalyst to help you make those changes? Man, it's just being honest with yourself and being, figuring out how you can step back from the situation and look at you know, the reality as, as it is versus the way that you, you think that it is. So it's just being open-minded and being honest with yourself. That makes sense. So this is going to be potentially an awkward question. Normally we talk about your, um, your common enemy as something that your, your client's life, something that you're removing from your client's life. Your clients are your readers of your book, right? right. So if you were to think about um, what is the something that you would be trying to remove from their life with your, with your books that you're trying to help them with? Hmm. Something I'm trying to remove from their life. Um, you know, it's probably in a weird way, like, like a sense of self, because like we said, when you read, when you get into a book, you kind of leave yourself behind. You become that main character. You get to become somebody else. And so kind of like what I was just saying with, the fatal flaw, you have to step out of yourself in order to see things in a new light and see things, you know, as they, as they are. So I think that's probably what I'm giving my readers is that it's that chance to get out of themselves and into this different world to examine their world in a different way. Yeah, I think that's a, it's really, it's fascinating to think about, right? Because, um, authors are like are, are a unique type of entrepreneur right where you, the, the product that you're offering someone is not like it's not a like a consumable it's not like a service that they're going to use it's like it's literally it's just all in their head right? and i remember uh um one of my favorite authors is orson scott card and he talks about in one of his books that 
um, you love Orson Scott Card too. I think everyone who's read his books loves him. Um, but he talks about a story is only ever half written by the author. Um, the other half of the story is written when the consumer reads it, right? And it becomes alive in their head. Um, so I don't know, I, f I find that really fascinating because that's like, no matter how hard you try, you only ever can write half of a product. It's only finished when someone else reads it. Right, absolutely. Um, it's, and then once you put it in a book and you send it out into the world, it's also not really yours anymore. It belongs to the readers. And, uh, you know, so that's when you get some really awesome, like, fan art back. Or recently I got an yeah. ambient soundtrack back from one of my musician friends who just freaking loved the book. So he made a soundtrack to the first chapter. And so then you start getting things back from the, from the community and from the, you know, client base that you've built. And it, it's really cool. But it's also weird to see it come back in ways that, you know, you didn't imagine it, but that's how awesome the it's like it takes, it takes a, uh, takes on a life of its own outside of you, the creator. Right. So let's talk a little bit about your driving force, right? So Spider-Man fights to save New York, Batman fights to save Gotham, or Google fights to categorize all the world's information. What is it that you, Kaylin, fight for when you're writing these stories and you're building your audience? I guess it would also be, uh, you know, empowering people and uh, empowering people's lives through story. Um, because, you know, story saved me so many times when, especially, you know, when I was a, a preteen and a teenager in my early 20s, like, there were stories that kind of literally saved my life. And, you know, it's, uh, that's my driving force is being able to put that out into the world, to be able to empower people to follow their dreams. I've had so many people come to me over the last couple of years, and it's really weird. I'm not sure how to handle it, but they tell me, it's like, wow, you've actually really inspired me to go follow my dreams and to start writing again and to do all these other things. And uh, I, I don't know necessarily how I do that, but I'm really happy that I did because, like I said, stories are powerful. Yeah, it goes right back to my uh, my um, constant belief that we are storyborn people, right? And it's it's really what drives us um, is the uh, the sharing, consumption, and creation of stories. Um, and I think personally that in the entrepreneur space specifically, fantasy and fiction doesn't get enough of a good rap, right? We wanna we always wanna read the self help books and like the the history books and biographies and stuff like that from real people. And um, I know I myself am guilty of this. I'm like, you know, I've only got 20 minutes a night to read or something like that. You know, am I going to put it into a self-help book to help me grow my business? Or am I going to take some time for myself and actually, you know, dive into a fiction book um, and realize that those can also help you grow your mind and grow your experiences just as well. Absolutely. And, you know, science fiction in particular has what is the, uh, the genesis of so much of the technology we have today. You know, the, the clocks that we can look at on our wrists and we can, you know, chat with people, the automatic doors, all of that comes from science fiction. And when people were reading that back in the 50s, everyone was like, Shh, that's never going to happen, but that's super cool. And then, you know, some nerds are like, no, we're going to make this happen. And then they, they made businesses <laughs> off of those things. I mean, our cell phones 
our, our laptops that we're having this video chat on now. And a lot of that comes from fiction. And, you know, that's, that's why it's definitely important. It helps people be creative and find new avenues and new ways that they didn't think of before. Yeah. And like, I don't know if, did you ever read uh, Orson Scott Card's Ender's Game? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. You remember, remember the desk, right? That he talked about all the time? Yes. <laughs> Here it is. You know, 20 years before uh, someone even thought about it, um, Orson Scott Card was talking about the desk and he was talking about uh, the nets and having people having uh, screen names. I don't remember what he called them. They weren't screen names, but you know, the idea of having screen names and talking back and forth and email before email was existed. And not uh, to mention Ender was like a freaking drone. Like he was operating a drone to do these wars. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like that's just one example. I mean, his, his Ender's Game is probably one of the most successful sci-fi novels in history, but you know, the, uh, the, a, a lot of the technology that he talked about, because that book was written in 1978. And so that predates email, it predates the internet, it predates tablets, um, and all those things are in there. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it, it, it's crazy and it's wonderful. And, uh, you know, a lot of uh, the, the sci-fi and the cool technologies they have also still comes from mythology and folklore, which is even older than that, which, you know, they'll have like the magic mirrors that they could try it and like communicate to people through. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it goes all the way back to, you know, freaking ancient Greece. <laughs> oh man, could you, that's, could you imagine like if you showed this to someone from ancient Greece and like FaceTimed with someone, it's like a magic mirror that you could communicate to someone through. <laughs> because of it, so it was witchcraft and depending on what time era you were in. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, there's definitely, there's a lot of inspiration, a lot of, of uh, mind space that can be gained by spending time as an entrepreneur in the fantasy worlds um, and in the fiction worlds and really just learning to be a part of the stories. Um, so anyways, I think that's, uh, that's really powerful. So um, let's talk a little bit about your tool belt, right? The, some of the things that you actually use to make you, to use your, to, to, uh, to your craft, right? So we talk, uh, you know, Thor's got his magical hammer or the police officer down the street's got his bulletproof vest. What are the same, some of the things that you use as an author to either A, do your authoring or B, grow your audience? Okay, well, um, I definitely, uh, my number one tool is what I'm using right now, my, my Chromebook. It is my best friend because I can put everything on Google Cloud. I don't have to worry about my computer crashing and all of my work disappearing or my flash drive getting, you know, like something spilled on it and getting wet and going to put. Even today, I'll see authors on Twitter who are just like, oh yeah, my computer crashed and I lost everything. And all of us are like, why didn't you back that up? Or why didn't you have that on the cloud? It's a lifesaver because, yeah, I remember being in, you know, like middle school or whatever, and I had work on my computer at home, and then it would get deleted on accident by my parents or the computer crash, whatever. And, yeah. you know, all my, all my little stories were gone, and it was devastating. Uh, so I have my computer and my cloud, which is very important. Um, I, the main tool I use the most, though, is not a, is a, not a physical tool, but a story outline, which is the hero's journey. That is the thing I use when I'm writing stories. Uh, I'm not a very big plotter, which in the writing community you have plotters and pantsers. And so there are people that plot and then there are people that just go off the seat of their pants, which is why they're called pantsers. Um, yeah. So then I have a nice, nice. little ground because I don't plot 
but I'll check the hero's journey and kind of see where I'm at in this very traditional, you know, it, it's, like it's the monomyth and, you know, see where I'm at. And so this kind of puts me here. And that is my biggest tool whenever I'm writing. Yeah. And the hero's journey is a, it's a potent, potent thing, especially for entrepreneurs to understand. Um, if you've never looked into it, um, definitely take the time to check out the hero's journey and really look at how your business fits into the hero's journeys of your clients. Um, when you're reading stories, take note of it, right? Because you'll see it in every good story, right? And you'll, you'll notice the stories you like the best are the ones that have a really good hero's journey and the stories that you don't really connect with. Um, it's generally because they deviate in some unacceptable way from a hero's journey, right? Like the hero doesn't actually have trials, which is where you get like the Mary Jane characters where everything just always goes right for them and you don't like it. Um, or right, they, they have unbelievable, uh, um, you know, trials and stuff that they're going through or whatnot. And there, I don't know, there's just something about really understanding how to master the hero's journey when telling stories is really, really helpful for understanding how to do your marketing and build your business and build something that people are actually going to want to buy. And when it comes to stories, getting stories that people actually want to read. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that's one of the reasons why I love the hero's journey so much and uh, myth because it's the monomyth and it comes from our subconscious. It's actually a really human thing. That's why every story since the beginning of time has pretty much been told in this exact same pattern because it's symbolic of our lives. So every entrepreneur has this hero's journey, like innately their, their struggles to come up with their idea for their business, their doubts as to whether or not they should, uh, how they're going to overcome all these little trials in order to get where they want to go. Uh, all of that is intrinsic to human life. So I have a random side question for you. You mentioned your Chromebook and flash drives and whatnot. I'm curious, did you ever save any of your work on a floppy disk drive? No, I am unfortunately not old enough for that, but I have heard the horror stories of the floppy disk. Yeah, so floppy disk drives um, for me, like they, in high school, my work was on floppy disks and in college we transitioned to the USB drives. So like I remember that from, uh, from high school, but you know, it would be a, <laughs> it'd only have to be a few years younger than me to not remember it. Like my brother's like three years younger than me and he's like, yeah, I never used floppy disk. <laughs> I was just on the very tail end of, of floppy disks but yeah they were like um i remember you could save like one and a half megabytes which is like barely a word document <laughs> um, i think i remember them talking about them in first grade but i never had to use one i left out but yeah the hero show will be right back are you tired of trying to write webinars that don't consistently convert how would you like to have a webinar that effortlessly created sales in your online business you can Introducing the Webinar Alchemy Workshop. Webinar Alchemy Workshop is an online masterclass that will help you write incredibly persuasive webinars for your online courses quickly and easily. Using what you learn in this class, you can build a webinar that educates your entire audience while still creating sales. For a limited time, you can purchase this masterclass for only $7, and you'll get the exact framework I've personally used to help my clients sell more than a million dollars worth of online coaching and training just over the last year. Simply text the word ALCHEMY, A-L-C-H-E-M-Y, to 444-999, and I'll send you all the details. The music is by Purple Planet Music. Visit www.purple-planet.com. And now, back to the show. <laughs> yeah, just random. We can age myself there for you. Um, I am old enough to have used a floppy disk drive. Uh, so 
next question here is your own personal heroes, right? So Frodo had Gandalf, Luke had Obi-Wan, Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad. Who were some of your heroes? Were they real life mentors? Were they speakers or authors? People who were just a few years ahead of you and how important were they to the journey that you've taken so far in your business? My number one hero is uh, Neil Gaiman. He is a fantasy author. Uh, if you haven't heard of him, you might've heard of his new show on Netflix called Good Omens. He also did Coraline. Um, what are some of the other ones he turned into a movie? Stardust. I remember Coraline. Yeah. yeah. And watch um, Stardust too. Oh yeah. Stardust is the one with the flying ship, right? Yes, yeah, the flying ship with the uh, you know, the captain that likes to get all dressed up. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, so one of the reasons why I, I love him so much is the way that he does interact with his fans and the way that he noticed when the internet was starting to become a thing and people were finding free content online that that wasn't going to go away. And so he wanted to find another avenue to continue to, to sell books and to connect with his fans. So he ended up doing more, more book tours and more live events because as we go further and further online, we kind of become disconnected that means we value personal connection more even more yeah so yeah for me that's kind of i've worked that into my marketing scheme which is why i'm doing a, you know at least one live event a month i feel like that's really important it also helps it helps build community and the writing and reading community you know you know, we're all just so freaking passionate and when you get with somebody who likes the same book you do it's just like magic like <laughs> it just erupts you know um so that's why i'm doing that my other hero is a fictional hero and it's the uh you know kind of like the main character from arabian nights it's actually the vehicle that they use to tell the stories in arabian nights so you have this girl named shahrazad who uh, volunteered herself to marry the prince or the king because he was just marrying girls and killing them because his first wife cheated on him with his brother, right? But she knew him when they were growing up and they got along back when they were kids. So she volunteered to marry this man because she knew that she could, keep, she could end the cycle by telling him stories. So each night she would tell him, half a story and then uh before he you know decided he was going to kill her in the morning he realized well no i want to hear the other half of this story and so every night he kept her alive and he never killed her and by doing this you know you know the love story of course they fall in love but she also saved every other girl that would have followed after her so again it's this this driving force of mine that stories stories save lives Stories empower people. Stories set our moral compass and our code, and they're just important to being human beings. I like that. I like the the idea that stories set our moral compass. We'll have to uh, to quote that on the on on one of our promotional things for this episode because that's that's really true. Stories set our, our moral compass. They really set up who we are and how we interact with people. Um, and I tell people all the time that uh, the way that you build relationships is through story, right? So. I, an acquaintance is someone whose name you might know, but whose story you don't. And a friend is someone who's, you know, their name and you know their story. And a best friend is someone who, you know, all of their stories. And the only way to deepen your relationship is to go out and create new stories together. 
right? So you can actually measure relationships based on stories. Yeah, stories are how we communicate. And so they're really important to building those customer relationships. If you, you know, are in a situation where you can be one-on-one with your customer, you know, find out a little bit, bit of their story. It's number one, people love to talk about themselves. And so you can find out a little bit of their story and then you can share your story and then bam, you have an instant connection in, you know, maybe five, 10 minutes. Um, and yeah. it becomes personal one-on-one that builds that brand loyalty and the customer loyalty and stories are just how we communicate uh, with one another. Relationship hacking 101 is uh, learn to listen to and tell good stories right, about yourself and from listening to other people and really diving into their story and asking questions about where they're at and what they're doing and that kind of stuff. And it's, it's a, the quickest way to build a really solid relationship is to one, learn how to tell a good story and learn how to listen to a story. Um, so yeah, it's really powerful stuff. Okay, last thing here on our questionnaire is the guiding principles, right? So let's bring it home for our listeners. What are the top one or two principles or actions that you use regularly, like every day, that help contribute to the success you've seen in your author business? Um, something that maybe you wish you had known when you first started out on this journey. That is definitely uh, all about the, the building a community or, you know, at least joining a community. Um, I was, you know, a really anti-social college kid when I started writing Tell City. Um, but I quickly learned that it takes a village to write a novel. And uh, you have so many people who who help you, who help you edit and come up with the design, who just go over the, the story plot with you. Um, and then there's this huge writing community on Twitter and just hashtag writing community. And we're all supportive of one another. We cheer each other on. And community is just incredibly important. And you can't build, you can't write a book in a vacuum. It's like you can't, you know, start a business in a vacuum because you have to have people to, you know, test and vet your ideas and to, again, support you and urge you on and tell you that what you have to offer is, is worth it and is important. So community and finding a community is uh, definitely the thing that I wish I knew when I first started out. So when it comes to finding a community for whatever it is you're doing, um, do you have any advice for like the type of things to look for or like what has really been helpful for you in a community? Uh, well, it took me a while to, to figure Twitter out. Um, so I guess what's helpful is just, you know, nowadays, because even when I started, Twitter was a completely different animal than it is today. So uh, just get online and look, look for support groups or, you know, chats about the things that you're already interested in. And that's also how you find your target market, um, <laughs> which I thought I knew who my target market was until I got a little bit further in and I found out, oh no, I was completely wrong. It's this completely other demographic that I didn't even think of. Um, so just looking around and you have to put effort into looking around. You have to put you know, effort into trying to find your target market. Um, it's just one of those yeah, things you, you have to act, you have to actually like participate in the community. Yes, because that's how you again build those relationships. You have to participate. 
Yeah, so I think community is a, it's a big thing. It's something we talk about regularly on this show. Um, it's the idea of like having a mastermind or having a, a group of people that has your back, right? Um, you know, having a running partner in your business, someone who, you know, you can bounce ideas off of and who's going to encourage you even, you know, tell you, tell you to cut the crap when you're given excuses for not getting your shit done, yeah. right? So having, having the, the people in your life to help push you to get your stuff accomplished um, is really, really useful. Um, and I know, you know, if, when it comes to writing, same kind of thing. Your, your writing is your product um, and your, your audience is, uh, um, is expecting it to be good, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you have to get it done. And no man is an island, so. So that's basically it for, <laughs> that's true. Um, that's basically it for the questions in the show. Um, what I want to do is, last thing I do on the show every time is something I call the Heroes Challenge. Heroes Challenge is really simple. Do you have someone in your life or in your network that um, is an entrepreneur that you think has a cool story. Who are they? Show. Um, I was saying uh, one of my friends. Uh, his name is Adam Long. He owns a production studio in Indianapolis called Playground Productions. I know that he spends a lot of time connecting within his community and hosting events and uh, helping musicians who are just getting started to record and get everything that they need. He's also helped me a lot with. Uh, getting my LLC started uh, when I did that in January. So I would definitely recommend him, Adam Long. Awesome, thank you very much for that. We'll go ahead and reach out after the show and get uh, connection details on that. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Kaylin. I um, really appreciated the conversation we got to have, especially about talking about the hero's journey and how important that is. Where can people find you if they wanna pick up your books or if they wanna uh, see um, any of the stuff that you're putting together, come to your live events, um, maybe escape a little into your stories, where can they find you? Uh, well, you can get uh, Tell City practically anywhere online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, Books A Million. You should just be able to Google it and it should come right up. And then I'm going to be having a live event actually at the Playground Production Studio. September 7th is my next live event. And then hopefully I'll be doing another one in October. Okay, cool. Um, and do you have a, a website that people can check out your, uh, your books and um, your event details? Yes, I do, and don't judge me, but I don't remember the uh, the slash right now. Let me look it up real quick. <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> okay, it's kaylinrboyd.wixsite.com slash stories. Awesome. Okay, so people can uh, check you out there. We'll make sure we get that link into the show notes for um, for you. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on the show, Kaylin. Really appreciated the conversation we got to have. Thank you so much for being here today. Really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. I enjoyed being here. Cool. Have a great day. You too.